Rinkrats, what's happening? We are back again. It's only been seven days this time, and uh, welcome back. Good to see you all. And it is the same uh, quad, if you will, same folks here. We've got the Bard, Sean Fitzgerald, and Eric Andrews. What's happening, guys? How are you? Good. Good. Sean, you are so well-dressed for the occasion. And tell us where you went to the game last night. You look superb. Who are you wearing? Yeah. Uh, I've got a Reebok practice jersey that I bought, I believe, at the NHL draft in 2017. I believe it was at the United Center. I also bought this Reebok vintage-looking hat there. I think I spent like 30 bucks between the two of them. It was so choice. I love the curved brim. Oh, yeah. I'll bring out some curved brims. I got, don't worry. I'm doing hat a day, Bard. There'll be some curved brims for you. I love it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a follower. That's awesome. Well, Sean, A plus, A plus get up, A plus lineup. I, I like that you're still doing the hat a day uh, thing on Instagram. That's great. Uh, my hat is North Bridger Bisons, this is a college buddy of mine, Matt Scoglin, who has a bison ranch in Bozeman, Montana. If any of you are looking for grass fed natural beef, it's really, really good stuff. I love bison burgers. I would like to – I, I we'll talk offline, but I'd, my dad would be interested in a hat like that, so I'd love to get him one. He loves bison. You got not it. eating them, actually, like, looking at them. You got it. I love it. At any rate, Eric, how, Eric, how are you? All bison and flat brims aside, Eric, what's going on? <laughs> not too much, not too much. Um, enjoyed seeing Marc-Andre Fleury get his 552nd yeah. win the other night. Big shout-out to the flower. Well deserved. Um, I've got my O Natural hat on tonight, so quite lovely. Yeah, it, it is. And the Bardo, I'm sure you're excited about the Chiefs moving on, having their first road playoff game in the Mahomes era, which is insane to think about. It's crazy. Very cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, let's talk about a team right now that is not playoff bound and hasn't been for some time. Our beloved Chicago Blackhawks, but there has been a lot that has happened in the week, most notably. Our buddies got extensions. Jason Dickinson and Nick Felino were extended by the Blackhawks, and they both got two years, and I believe it. Did they both get 4.5? Dickinson was 4.25 for Dickinson. 4.25 for Dickinson and 4.5 for Nick Felino, well ahead of market value. And that might scare some people. But, Eric, what say you about these two contracts, and what does it mean? I like them for a number of reasons. Um, I mean – just looking at on the ice, both of these guys have been pretty solid this season. Um, Dickinson probably more so than Felino, but given Felino's age, I think everybody would pretty much say he's been surprisingly good as well. Um, of course, off the ice, they've both provided some pretty valuable leadership. Um, obviously, that's kind of what Felino is known for, but uh, you know, Dickinson, I think, is kind of more that quiet type of leader, lead by example, um, and that's definitely been pretty valuable for the team as well. Um, you know, so I think just what they actually offer to the team, it makes a lot of sense. And then, um, you know, looking at a lot of people have been saying, well, why not trade these guys? Why not get picks for them? What is a third round pick really going to do for you at this point? I mean, they already have seemingly half of the picks in the coming drafts. So, you know, a third round pick when you already have 
seven picks in the first three rounds or whatever it is that really isn't doing a whole lot to help you. I mean, yeah, sure. It's another pick, but we've talked about it before, how you really have to spread out your prospects. So you're not bringing everybody up at the exact same time and creating a log jam and creating contract issues and all that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just for me, yeah. You know, is it more than market value? Sure. Of course. But they also have to reach the, the cap floor. There is that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just as far as what these guys offer both on and off the ice, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think the two-year term for both makes a lot of sense as well and, and really fits into that timeline that Kyle Davidson has has really been establishing here. 100%. And I think it, the third round for either of those two is generous at that. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. That's that's like best case scenario <laughs> is a third round bigger return. Easy decision for them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's great and real money for them to return. Shawnee, are you feeling similarly on that take? Yeah, I am. And um, I know people were upset. I think Mark Lazarus had a guy who tweeted at him that I, he was done after they signed Jason Dickinson. And I know you put out a, a really good tweet about it too, Andy, um, that the price, don't worry about the price. Neither player is going to get the AAV anywhere else, so on and so forth. And I agree with that because, like, if you look at the free agent market, I am understandably you want to add some talent to Bedard, but you're going to have to grossly overpay right now for the current situation of the Blackhawks. Younger right. players yeah. Yeah, are going yeah. to require a, a longer AAV. So like in addition to like 5 million, you're going to have to spread that out for five or maybe five or six years or 7 million or whatever it is. And you don't want to jam up your cap space that way because with the timeline that Davidson's setting is in two seasons from now, so three years, yep. they should be able to be competitive and probably go hard into free agency looking for something to help this team take the next step. And if you pay guys now to just become like the 10th seed in the West or whatever, it's, it's screwing you in the future. So the, the short-term deals are perfect. Like Eric said, and I'm sure Bardo's going to reiterate, um, they bring value on and off the ice. Dickinson's been a pleasant surprise. He has the highest goal output of his entire career right. this season. Polino's, you know, a mentor, a captain. He's a good interview. Um, and he takes the foot, like, if the young kids are going to get in your questions, but Felino's going to be there taking the hard questions, giving the answers that sure. the media is going to want to hear and stuff like that. So I, I like the deal. Yeah. And Bardo, you've said this before, the, the, the summer crop of 2024 UFAs is not that desirable. Let, let me, let me actually correct you. It's the summer crap of free agency. <laughs> it, it, it is garbage. I mean, not good. The, the next, the next thing that they should be looking at are guys who are going to be free agents in 25, which is what yeah, we talked right. about recently yeah. is that that group and like, let's figure out, it doesn't hurt to make a phone call and say, Hey, are you planning on resigning? Is he available? I mean, it, it's worth checking in. And then, you know, in 2025, when they're free agents, if they do make it there, then maybe you can, you know, revisit it if you can't acquire them via trade. But, you know, we talked a little bit offline about, you know, the timeline and this, you know, they have a timeline, they have a plan. Sure, it can, you know, change slightly if somebody yeah. becomes available and they get somebody um, at a good value. Um, like somebody in that upcoming 25 free agent class. But as of right now, the plan is, is that maybe they spend in 25 or 26, 
when that when those free agent classes are much much better there's mm -hmm. no reason to just spend money for the sake of spending money um i mean i i just think they should just continue along the path if there's somebody they can get on a two-year deal or whatever it is a short-term deal do that and also just going back to the you know the um the deals i mean they still also have cap room like if they want to over the uh the trade deadline this coming what is it march it's march right um yeah. the trade deadline in march they can still acquire a bad contract and and get a sweetener or two i mean they mm -hmm. can still get picks that maybe that they didn't get from from not trading uh dickinson as well as um felino so that's yeah. still on the table they have the room that's a good point yeah well, I mean, that guy too what's that say that again. like um, backing over bardo just said maybe uh not a pick sweetener but like a reclamation guy sweetener. yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah now now the, the next question and, and a lot of people are buzzing about this is uh peter morazic next yes he should be 100 yeah eric you think so I was surprised that Kyle Davidson wasn't waiting for him at the bench after a shootout last night. Yeah, I mean, right. he, he has been, I mean, obviously that's not actually true, but I mean, yeah, he's been outstanding of late. I mean, we were talking before we started, he almost stole that Winnipeg Jets game uh, within the last week. And I mean, they're literally the top team in the league right now and he almost shut them out. Um, yeah. I mean, he has been, not only keeping them in pretty much every game that he's playing, but he is single-handedly winning games right now. Right. Well, it's not only that. It's just like, I don't, you really, Arvid Soderblom isn't, I don't personally think very much of him as a goaltender. I don't want to, I'm not saying he's like a bad person or anything. And I know I say that a lot whenever I start talking about a guy that I just start you know, real you start real. disparaging somebody. Yeah, you right. Exactly. Them. I always start with not a bad. <laughs> let's, let's clarify that with he's not a bad person, um, which is probably a bigger insult than anything else. Um, but it, it's you've got two goalies in the prospect system that are that are quite good that are your tabbed goalies for the future, and you know, but to that end, they're they're just not going to be ready. They're not going to be available for some time, and this is really the tank thing, the tank mode is over. Like it's not, we're not doing that anymore. And I, and I, I think that the general consensus is that people want the Blackhawks to improve year by year, by year, by year, by year. Now. I mean, you have so many stockpiled picks and we're going to get to that in a little bit, what they do with all those, but there's just this, this, Oh, just go in and lose games and don't build up your lineup. You are going to need a goaltender for at least two or three more years. That is formidable. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got him right now. And, and you've got him in a good position in the sense where, you know, I don't, you know, I, there's certainly players that go cup hunting, you know, and they went, oh, I want to win a cup. I want to win a cup. But there, there's also something to say for, I actually just want stability in my life. Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be moving all the time. And if I can get paid and stay put, you know, I mean, if you're Nick Felino and so many people were saying, you know, oh, well, you don't want to go for a cup. Yeah, he's probably tired of thinking about this all the time. Where am I going to be next year? You know, so that was probably easy for him. And Morazic is just, it, it just makes too much sense. Johnny, do you feel that too? I do, 100%. Um, and piggybacking off what you said, I've been saying piggyback a lot. Um, Camesso and uh, Adam Guyan, Gajan, however. Guyan, you had it, you had it. Don't, don't back down. Oh, God, Sean, that was a good one. Adam yeah. Good job, good job. Thank you. Your, your original instincts were there. Um, those guys obviously aren't going to be ready. And like you said, Soderbloom, I think, 
I think the experiment's over and we're seeing it this year because like Eric said on a previous podcast, he hasn't played unless there's been a back-to-back as of late. Like it's been right. erratic yeah. every night. Yeah. And I mean, was Soderblom slated to go tonight, even though the game got postponed because of weather or do we even I know? Don't, I don't know. I, I don't, think, I don't think we knew. Yeah. We didn't know. And Mrazic, yeah. now Mrazic might go. Oh, who knows? I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. But he's also said, like, Mrazic has said he's finally healthy. Yeah. He's given a peace of mind. He enjoys being with the Hawks. Like, he, he enjoys being with the team. I think as much grief as we give Jimmy Wade and stuff like that, I think he found a he clicked with him and things he's are working boy. well for him. And he faces a lot of shots, too. Yeah. Uh, I think he had 37 or 38 last night. So um, it makes sense. They need, an, like you said, they need an NHL goalie for the next couple seasons. And then you can filter in whether it's Camesso or um, Guyon or whoever else, or Weeks, who's been playing well down in Rockford, according to Ray. Um, he's also spent some time in Indy. Like, until some of those guys are ready, you need somebody to make NHL saves and keep your team in it. Yeah, uh, I think after was it Saturday night's loss, uh, Luke Richardson had to go to the team and like kind of say, "Hey, look, I know we're playing a certain way and we're not getting the results we want, but keep playing that way because their heads were down." Without Morazic and Net, it would have been way worse. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have been getting blown out of some of those games. So, I think yeah. I think he needs to stay. Yeah, and I mean, I you know the the free agent crap. In the summer of 2024, Bardo, I mean, goaltending, I don't even know who's out there. Do you have any so idea? I and I don't either, but quite frankly, why bother? I mean, what are we going to do? Just keep playing musical goalies? I mean, you know, this gives them stability. I mean, it shows that there's a little bit of a commitment um, and there's a process and a plan in place. I mean, we'll just leave them there for a couple of years. And who knows? Like maybe one of these guys is ready by the time his contract goes up. but And then maybe right. Morassic will still want to come back. And maybe for a year or two, and maybe a little bit cheaper. Who knows? But right, um, yeah. that's I mean, always he's at, possible. He's at three point eight per now. I mean, would you sign him if he asked for three years? Would you give him the three years? I would. You um, would or would not? I would. I would, because I just don't. Again, I mean, I I don't know. You know, if it's three years and it's four or four point five for three years, I think you have to consider it. Because there's no – Camesso won't be ready next year, more than likely. He right. might – maybe he'll be ready the year after that. And then if so, then you have a healthy goalie competition with a guy that is going to be making an entry-level salary of below a million dollars. And then if you have a higher-paid veteran goalie that he beats out, then that's what happens. Um, and then Guyan comes in after that. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, so I don't think three years is unreasonable. Eric, no. what do you think? You're the, you're I don't the, either because if he's if, – no, I was going to say, if he's a guy that gives you quality play almost every night, I mean, I would take it because, quite frankly, if you look at contenders, I I, I mean, some of them are paying goaltenders like $10 million a year, which I just wouldn't do um, in this day and age with the cap, and it's barely moving up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's probably a really good value there. So, Yeah, Eric, do you think so? I mean, if, if- – a three-year sticker on Mrazic if if he asks for it and it's reasonable. Do you think that that's reasonable for both sides? Or is that I, would, too- I would be hesitant about a third year. Um, you know, especially now with these contracts for Felino and Dickinson, it really seems like two years is what yep. Davidson is really looking at. Um, I mean, you know, three years wouldn't be the absolute end of the world, but I would be hesitant to go beyond two. Um, 
you know, just for some of the reasons we've already mentioned. But looking at the other UFA goalies available this summer, you've got Matt Murray, uh, Ilya Samsonov, uh, Chris Dreger, Marc-Andre Fleury, um, Kapo Kakinen, Kevin Lankinen. Like, they're just, there's not a whole lot out there. Bring Lankinen back. <laughs> yeah. And so, I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at some of those names and it's like, well, they already know that Mrazek works for them. He mm-hmm. is, you know, familiar with the system, familiar with the team. Um, you know, it clearly is comfortable here. So why bother, you know, bringing in one of these other guys that isn't going to give you any better of play than he is right now anyway. So yeah, if it was me, I would say two years, maybe around that four or four and a half million mark would make a lot of sense. And that garbage class is going to give him leverage. So true. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> He's got leverage on that one. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they do in Mrazic. I mean, I, it, it would be a good move to keep him around. Um, you know, and the Hawks have time. I mean, that's one thing they do have. So, and plenty uh, of good seats available. Plenty. <laughs> I mean, here's the other thing. I would go three years. And I, I totally hear you, Eric, on the new move, on the, uh, on the, tr- on the, um, the length of it, three years without a no movement or no trade clause. So if in that third year, that last year of his deal, they try to trade him and, and, you know, maybe he's playing well and, and somebody needs a goaltender. Yeah. I, I mean, I would try to avoid, you know, the Stan Bowman, you know, no trade clause uh, thing that he loves. Well, there's, to a, there's definitely a good blueprint of what not to do. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. That Stan left behind. So that's good. Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see it play out. Um, that's for sure. But I, I, I don't know if you're going to find a, a goalie that fits, you know, as Eric said, in, in the two-year period that they've got remaining. Um, that's pretty critical. Mm-hmm. So um, at any rate, fascinating. So let's talk about the Blackhawks draft picks, their upcoming draft picks, and they're going to have some good ones, and they're going to have so many of them. And I, and I want to touch base on this tonight because it's – Connor Bedard does need some help. Now, there are things, you know, that that were beyond his control this year. There was Taylor Hall going down for the entire season, who was supposed to be a mentor of sorts and on his line. Uh, Corey Perry obviously is no longer part of the Blackhawks uh, through whatever incident happened there, and he might jump onto another NHL team at some point. But the Blackhawks have all of these picks, and and um, the the picks that they've got. This year, the 2024 draft, they've got two first-round picks. One is going to be a lottery pick. One is going to be whatever Tampa Bay's pick is, which could be in the teens, which is from the Brandon Hagel trade. Then they've got a second-round pick of their own, and then a second-round pick from the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks from various trades that they've made. Two third-round picks. Then in 2025, they've got two first-round picks, again, for the second year in a row. One will be their own. One is from the Mrazic trade. With the Maple Leafs, or is that from another trade? I always goof that up. Is that from Lafferty or Mrazek or the so Jake McCabe, Sam Jake Lafferty. McCabe, the other Toronto guy? There we go. <laughs> then they've got Dallas's second round pick as well as their own second round pick. Then the following year, twenty twenty six, they've got three first round picks already on the cards as well as a first round pick. So you got all these high picks coming in. You've you've already had a few high picks, you know, the last couple of years. Are any of these picks flexible? 
when thinking about the future, when getting NHL ready guys now via trade, when there are going to be a lot of teams out there looking for additional lottery tickets and what is more valuable, these lottery tickets or NHL ready talent within the next couple of years, because you pick, you pick all these picks, you use all these picks. These are probably kids that are not going to be to the NHL for three to five years. Mm-hmm. And that's just reality. And if you wait three to five years, all of a sudden that's the first third of Connor Bedard's career. Now I'm not saying that's the wrong way to go depending on how the, all these other picks pan out. But I don't know, Sean, what say you? I think um, asset acquisition, um, whether it's through free agency, the draft, or trading of these picks is the way to go in terms of, I think he has options is what he's given himself is what I'm trying to say. So they have plenty of cap space. So if he wanted to add talent to the roster, they could spend money, which they're doing overpaying veterans. Obviously, um, Davidson spread it out so he has assets. It's not all in one draft. So if for whatever reason, let's say um, Frankie Nazar and Oliver Moore sign in the same year and they're productive right away, maybe you need to augment that team with an, another veteran guy. You trade somebody. You trade some of the picks you have because they're not going to make. I don't think they're going to make all these picks. I'll be honest with you. I think. The amount of contracts they have to keep on, the amount of reserve contracts, and like you kind of been alluding to, Andy, there's there's other ways to acquire talent besides via free agency, especially right. with teams that are going to be up against the cap at some point, or are going to be in a roster crunch where hey, it's what happened in Tampa several years ago. Like they couldn't mm-hmm. sign Pollock, they just let the they lost those guys via free agency. It's and what we'll talk about later with Stamkos, like at some point teams are going to have to, like, we can't keep all these guys. We've got to make a trade. And the Blackhawks are like, right. here, we have the assets for it. We have the space to re-sign the guy long-term. Here you go. We'll take him and it'll help augment our roster and keep us moving forward. So that's what I, I think they're not going to make all these picks. I think they will trade some of them. Yeah. What do you think, Bardo? Yeah, no, I I don't think they're going to make all these picks either. And like I said, I mean, whether it's the 25 or 26, you know, free agent class, I mean, if the second they hear um, that if somebody of value is available, you know, that's in their prime, you know, because obviously you're not going to trade a first round pick for a 35 year old, but unless it's Connor McDavid, but um, but if there's somebody that's available, you know, Mason McCavish says, "I, I want to play with Bedard or somebody like that. Or, or they're just, you know, they just flat out become available because they're not re-signing, then yeah, th- these are assets that you have between the prospect pool and the draft picks that you can basically go and get and and put something together. That's what that's what teams do. I mean, you know, it's goes back to what Eric was saying last year. It's about collecting assets and they're still doing it. And yeah. and you know, this is what you build your your um, you know, your 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 system. Well, I don't even want to call it a farm system because it's both farm and draft pick, but this is what you build your system to do to make these kind of moves and put yourself in that conversation. So I, I think, I, I don't think they're going to make all these picks, but I, th- I think somebody somewhere someday is going to become available and they're going to use um, one or more of these picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, I guess what would frustrate, I, I wouldn't divert paths, <laughs> divert cheese. Sorry, it's just the thoughts aren't coming to me as quickly as they used to. 
I would not change course on this year's draft. I, I like I wouldn't move no, either of the no, first two no. picks that they have this year. I don't even know if I would touch the second round picks. I think it's more for 2025 and 2026, wouldn't you say? I agree. Um, yep. You know, Eric, is that is that what you're feeling? I mean, I still think you stockpile now and then assess in a year or two where you're at. Yeah, I mean, I would I would generally say that's probably the correct uh, course of action. I mean, of course, if you know someone you know, a solid player is offered to you, then of course that can change. But yeah, I mean, I would have a very difficult time seeing them trading either of the first picks this year. Um, maybe the Toronto one next year if, if you need to. But um, yeah, I mean, we saw it, you know, in 2023, uh, you know, Davidson said, you know, we're probably not going to make all these picks and they didn't, um, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be, I think they traded one to get Corey Perry's rights and they, um, traded a second round pick to, I think, move back to this coming year and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, whether it be, you know, just kicking the can down the road or, you know, packaging a couple picks to move up or whatever it might be, um, you know, as the draft board stands right now, it's probably not going to stay that way, but Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to see them just selling off these picks in order to buy up a bunch of talent either. Yeah. No, No, and we know that they have the number one, prospect pool or their top three, whatever, for whatever that's worth to anybody. Um, but I mean, I think the bottom line is, is that we, we can look at it and say, you know what, they're still probably short on some star caliber forwards. So this is the year to basically try to, you know, continue to build up the system. And then, like you said, let's look at 25 and 26 to maybe, you know, package some of those picks if that opportunity exists. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think that's right. And I mean, I, you need to wait till your team's ready too. I mean, I just don't, before you start seeing what's out there, I mean, I don't, you know, for those impatient Blackhawk fans, the last time the Blackhawks went through a true rebuild, they caught lightning in a bottle. Like they absolutely did. I mean, they got two premier forwards in back-to-back drafts, but those, those trade, you know, and then they had Seabrook and Keith who they had drafted, Dave Bolin that they had drafted that panned out probably a little bit earlier than, anyone had anticipated, but then it did take, you know, those, the trades for Patrick Sharp. You know, I think Versteeg, I think was traded. He was, he was a trade as well. Um, Bufflin was homegrown. That was a steal. That was just, I think that was just pure luck. I mean, he was a late, late draft. Yeah. Like a fifth or sixth rounder. Yeah. Yeah. Like eighth round or something. You know, and at the time they were so good. It didn't matter that Antini Emmy was their goalie, but they did wait and say, okay, Havlat, doesn't fit. Marion Hosa does. They had to pick up John Madden. They had to pick up Sobel. They had to pick up a lot of other guys. And then, you know, the because the yeah. results were so good, the drafts were bare for a number of years. And you want the team to be competitive without having to go through that too. But but you need to wait and find the time. And this yeah. clearly this summer's not it. Yeah. But I think also the those timelines that we talk about or the like yeah. similar to what I think it was Lazarus who put in his article, like he got the, he laid out all the different times. It was, it was a good piece, but I mean it's so hard to predict that. I mean, who would have thought Velasic would have been as good as he is this year? Yeah, I mean, good. you assume that he's gonna continue to grow and get better. We're starting to see improvements of Korchinski. So I mean, maybe he takes a giant step forward. Um, but you know, it's like and hopefully next year they'll get another premier forward and then it's like okay maybe this timeline moves up maybe they do make a big trade over this coming summer not a free agent pickup but maybe it's a big trade um i mean the other comparison that you can look at is like with the rangers when they just did that 
rebuild after they traded like Ryan McDonough and all those other guys. I mean, they right. just, you know, they had a bunch of guys, but then, you know, out of nowhere, they decided, okay, well, we're going to go after Panarin because also because Panarin wanted to play in New York. Sure. They had the cap space and all that. And just the timing worked out. They sort of accelerated the rebuild. So, and, and who knows if that was the right thing to do or wrong. I mean, they've been, you know, a, a good team every year, but um, who knows? I mean, it, there's different ways of doing it. So, and I guess the timeline, like literally the product on the ice is going to determine the timeline. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, I guess the, the hope is, you know, I, everyone hopes the Blackhawks are going to be a lot better next year, <laughs> you know, and maybe they'll make a move or two to acquire someone that is really going to make a significant contribution. And I, and I'm, but I'm also, you know, I feel confident saying that I, I would smart money says that Kyle would not part on any of this summer's draft picks to do that. Um, you know, maybe something in the future or, you know, as we talked about acquiring older contracts, but you know, we'll see. And it, the development of these young players, it takes a lot of time and it also is so unpredictable. Like I don't, you know, everyone's hoping that Korchinski next year is going to be his year where it's like, okay. And it, it might not be, it might still be a couple years away. Lucas Reichel is the prime example of that. Well, that then, you know, on Reichel, I mean, I, I, that is one thing I would, I, I would put out there if I'm, uh, if I'm KD, you know, I'd throw his name out there this summer and just see what the deal is, see if there's any nibbles or anything. Um, yeah. And I don't know. And then, I mean, if Reichel's back next year, he's back next year. And, you know, if he has a similar season next year, then you know for sure, like, this is, you know, this guy's going to be in Europe by the time he's 27 or 28 permanently. Um, you know, but it's, uh, you know, we can go on and on about Reichel, but that's just a really. We, we had a comment or two about, like, um, the Hawks not turning into, basically not turning into Edmonton, I think is what he was alluding to. Yes. Yeah, Kevin Thomas. But I, I Kevin, I thank you for listening and commenting as always, my friend. And Edmonton, I think, is a different situation than the Blackhawks were because they had all those high picks and they had to pay Dreisaitl, they had to pay McDavid, and then right. they they made bad investments in when uh, Peter Shirelli was the GM. He just paid anybody with a pole, <laughs> right? And, uh, setting them up to be in salary cap hell for. A number of years then ken holland came in and stuck with the same philosophy we're going to pay evander kane and we're going to pay we're not going to invest in uh defensemen but also like edmonton's biggest failing too is they haven't been able to draft guys to fill in holes like they're top heavy they have yeah. all their talent right. up top but yeah you need guys like we were just listing off like the dave villains the troy troy browers the Andrew Shaw's, yeah, the secondary guys who can give you scoring, and if they get if they become too expensive, then you let them go, and hopefully your system and your drafting is well enough that you can just supplant them with younger talent. Yeah. And I think when Davidson does trade some of these picks, he's not going to mortgage all of them. Like he's still going to keep in reserve because even on those Cup teams, like Dan Bowman more credit than he deserves, but he still went out and got Johnny Oduya for two second round picks, yeah. I believe. So, like, you're still going to need some flexibility to acquire talent to augment your roster in the future. So, yeah. But, yeah. No, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily, I mean, yeah, we, we bag on Bowman. He did make a couple good moves, but, uh, 
I don't not know. Many. <laughs> not, not, not many. I was going to say, can you list them? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, Michael Froelich, he acquired Michael, Michael Froelich for Jack Skilly. That was probably yes. some of his, that might yeah. be his best work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, OG, yeah. you know, he probably, I don't know, Stan might have a, you know, a, a picture of Froelich somewhere on his wall and just be like, yeah, that was my move, you know? <laughs> so do and a few others, but at any rate, um, so yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, a lot of picks this summer, those picks will probably be made. And then you can assess your prospect pool, which seemingly after June, uh, you know, come July of 2024, the Blackhawks prospect pool will be amongst, if not the best in the league. Um, Just overloaded with, uh, with talent. Let's talk about some, uh, let's go around the league a little bit. Um, You know, obviously Bedard skated uh, the other day, skated a couple days ago with a fogger on everyone freaked out and went, Oh my God. And, you know, some wise guys were like, yeah, well, it's his jaw. It's not his legs. Of course he can skate. Sure. Uh, got that point as well. People comparing him to, uh, say, well, it's not as cool as uh, Chara and Broussard. Those guys broke their jaw and then they played in the next game. Yeah, they also did not have – it was also a deep playoff run, not an 18-year-old kid. Um, he also had reconstructive surgery. They did not at the time. So apples to oranges with all those fun things. Bottom line is everyone is very excited because Connor Bedard hopefully will be back soon. Now, not soon. I mean, like four weeks minimum soon. Yeah, February March but, timeline is what. Yeah. But let's uh, aside from that, that's kind of the last little Blackhawk note that we wanted to touch base on. Let's talk some hardware. You know, we went we went kind of Calder crazy last week, um, and Sean indicated all you Minnesota fans out there. Yes, there is a possibility that Brock Faber will be a Calder candidate. Uh, no, he will not be a Norris finalist. He will not be a Hart finalist. And Pro, Sean, Bowl, Pro Bowl MVP. Here we go. He will not be Pro Bowl MVP. <laughs> he will not be the next mayor of Minneapolis. <laughs> what will he be on the next season of the Mass Singer? <laughs> so anyway, Eric, have you been following, uh, you know, kind of the NHL's elite? And what do you think as far as Hart Trophy candidates? I've got a few things in mind, but wanted to give you the floor for a second. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of ruined it for me there. I mean, I would say Brock Faber for sure. He's a shoe-in. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the the discussion right now, I mean, obviously what Nathan McKinnon is doing is incredible. I mean, he's almost I would say, single-handedly dragging the Avs to the top of the standings. But in a lot of ways, it kind of feels that way. Um, you've got Nikita Kucherov, who almost actually is single-handedly keeping the Lightning relevant. Um, yeah. you know, they're right on the, the cusp of a, a playoff spot. I think they're on the outside looking in right now, but, um, or I think they might, they might have the eighth spot in the East, but he, like, it was like two and a half weeks ago, or maybe even three, maybe three weeks ago where he was like 12 points up on the next guy. And McKinnon now is tied with him. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. Crazy. It's amazing. And then, um, you know, of course you can never count out Connor McDavid and he and the right. Oilers are obviously scorching hot right now. So yeah. Yeah, I think to me it probably comes down to McKinnon and McDavid. I would say just based on what we're seeing right now, you know, if you called it today, I think it would be McKinnon. Um, yeah. But I, I could certainly see McDavid catching and surpassing McKinnon by the end of the season too. Gotcha. Any any talk about Austin Matthews? I mean, obviously points-wise he's back, but, you know, he could be just Rocket Richard award winner. Yeah. 34 goals. How on – I mean, Sam Reinhardt having the year of his life, he's got 32 goals right now. It's been it's, good. That's totally outrageous. 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I, my, I would put my chips in McKinnon right now um, if he keeps his pace. And, you know, I, I, I don't – I love Nikita Kucherov. I just, I, there's something about McKinnon's game that just seems that much more special. He's a center, and he's also, you know, en route to having, uh, you know, obviously his career year, but it's also like that home point streak. I think it's like close approaching a record. Yeah. That, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Oh, speaking of Sam Reinhardt, he just scored oh. a few minutes, a few moments ago. So I guess that's 33 goals now. He's um, a free agent, right? Is he? Is he? Uh, yeah. I have no idea. So much- here we go. Here we go, David. Said, let's go. We got one. Eight by 12. <laughs> eight by 12, no movement clause. Yeah, eight by 12, no movement clause in uh, yeah, in, uh, San Jose. Um, is anyone following the Norris Trophy race? I have not been. The only name that pops up is Brock Faber because of Minnesota. And <laughs> a candidate. You know, the leading point getter, I think, is – Noah Dobson or something amongst defensemen. I was going to say Noah Dobson and Luke Hughes are, are two guys that definitely are going to be in the conversation. Um, Quinn you know, Hughes. Qu- I'm not, sorry, Quinn not Hughes, not Luke Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes. Um, I always get my Hughes messed up. Um, A lot of them. John Hughes. Yeah. Kale McCarr is obviously going to be right up there. Um, I mean, he's benefiting from, you know, McKinnon's productivity as well. But um, I, I would say those guys – um, you know, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin is having a good year, so I mean, he's certainly up there. I mean, he's got I a mean, lot Macar, of- has 42 points in 40 games. I mean, they might it's just ridiculous. handle it. He's so good, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just absurd that you know, they might just like, you know, like we just said, might just hand it over to him and call it a day. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, Makar has 52 points in 40 games. Wow, Ooh. as does Quinn Hughes. Okay. What does Rock Faber have again? He has nineteen ass- two goals and nineteen assists. Not but like, does, does, POI. That's what I want to know. He does lead all rookies in assists now. I will say that. I will also say that Connor Bedard got hurt what two weeks ago, and he was ten points up in the rookie scoring lead. Now we're two weeks later, and he's still eight points up. So when that kid comes back. It, it still could be his to lose. We're going back to the Calder. I know we just because our guys in the Calder race, but when he comes back, it still could be his to lose. What about goaltending? Yeah, I, I gotta believe it's you know Hellebuck and and Thatcher Demko are probably the two guys that are most deserving. Yeah. Um, Aiden, Aiden Hill having a hell of a year. He's been hurt for a while though. He's been hurt yeah. though, yeah. That's true. He's only he's actually only played fifteen games. Scratch that. Yeah, is probably Joey Decord, Dark Horse, Joey Decord. Just kind of late, late, late coming on. Yeah. I was gonna say Shesterkin's been terrible, so yeah. for him at least. So um yeah, I mean I, I really think it's a two horse race. I can't even think of a third. No. And it's kind of funny, both those guys you you named Bardo, both their teams are the top of the league. So good goaltending pays the way. Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it seems like, uh, you know, coach of the year this year could be north of the border between uh, Rick Brownis and uh, Rick Tockett, Battle of the Ricks. Mm. I mean, we talked about it last week, the fact that 
that both Winnipeg and Vancouver, where they are now compared to where they were last year, is outrageous. Mm-hmm. So I think either of those two coaches, coach of the year honors, could be uh, could come to fruition. I'll give you like a pseudo like third guy, dark horse is Tortorella. He's got Philly playing well. Yeah, we thought, yeah, we probably yeah. thought Philly would be a lottery team, and, and yeah. they're right in the middle of it. That would actually be a lot of fun. <laughs> and Tortorella had to manage a lot of off-the-ice stuff as a recently, yeah. so I think that's a, that's a feather in Tortorella's cap. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't – you know, I how do you pronounce a Andre uh, Turigni? Turigni? You know, I mean, I remember we got quite the chuckle on a podcast in September when we saw all these people predicting that the coyotes were going to be in a playoff place or in a playoff hunt. And lo and behold, here we are guilty, guilty, totally. I, I, that charge. Oh, I, I laughed my head off. I was like, what is that? Oh, they suck playing in a college ring. So he's done a hell of a job there. He has. Um, I, I was wrong on that one. Yes. I'll, I'll take the, uh, take the L on that one. I, I did not see that. <laughs> Um, anyway, one more thing we just wanted to touch base on a little bit of a shorter show tonight, uh, folks, but that's what happens when your, your team is not doing great and you go, uh, and you go two you know, two straight weeks. This, uh, show might, this show might be shorter than the shootout last night. The nine round shootout that the just, Hawks endured. Just barely. And I'm thinking by a goal. Last week we touched base on the, the IIHF's decision. Um, to remove Team Israel, to no longer invite them to the to the World Championships, and a week later, uh, this morning actually, that uh, that has been reversed. Um, they are now welcome to play. Uh, still, some language uh, in the decision, Eric, as you touched on earlier, which is uh, still unkind. It seems like, and still, I don't know, uh, people indicating they don't want them to be there, which is very sad. Uh, but Israel, are they're getting their skates on, and they're going to be playing in the uh, in the World Championships. So glad that decision was reversed. Obviously, the outcry was enough. It was a lousy decision in the first place; didn't make any sense, and um, it was very sad. Uh, but it's reversed, and um, and let them play. So, um, any thoughts on that, folks? I, I I applaud the NHL for actually standing up to it and and really yeah, you know, good one, stepping forward and and you know making hell out of it. Um, you know I applaud the person who wrote the um, the uh, the op-ed piece in the uh, Toronto Sun, I believe, over the weekend that compared it, which is what we did also last week, which was um, to the you know what happened, the tragedy in the '72. Munich right. Olympics. Um, so, you know, they 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 gave in to the pressure. Clearly, um, I'm not sure they really really believe that they're wrong in this situation. They just kind of, you know, decided, okay, we'll we'll figure out a way to make it work. But, um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. But you know, I guess you know we all can be happy that that these uh, Israeli national team is going to be allowed to participate. So that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, it's great news. Great news. Well, the All-Star game is almost upon us, and I just want to throw out one more thing. Uh, you know, Eric is a big collector, um, both cards, memorabilia, and also jerseys. And to that end, Eric, your thoughts on this year's All-Star jerseys, I certainly have opinions on, if anyone's seen them. 
Yeah, I mean, they are clearly not intended for anyone that is in a generation, including adults. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're they're not good. No, they're, they're I, not good. Yeah, that was Eric. All. Eric phrased it as nicely as he could without saying the reality is that they are deplorable. <laughs> they're yeah awful. They are awful. You have an all-star game in the mecca of hockey in Toronto. And you screw these up. You could have done so many different things. You could have made them retro, vintage, done all the amazing things that you do with winter classic and vintage classic jerseys. And you just threw out what looked like spacesuits from Mars. I mean, they look like they're made by Stall and Dean. They just look like just a, just a horrible I, – I don't like – they remind me of people when people wear their like jazzercise in the eighties. Like, yeah, bright colors and stuff like Like the the people, I, I don't, I can't think of anyone who likes these jerseys other than maybe the band Flock of Seagulls. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I, yeah, so if you haven't seen these too. folks, go check them out. I really hope these don't sell. Like I hope that they fail because I, I I can't like if that's the direction we're going in jerseys and uniforms in the NHL. I mean, it's the just, NHL, the NHL led by Gary Bettman is not really known for its marketing acumen. No, uh, it's, whose idea were these? I mean, they're just, they're just hideous. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of sad because Bettman came from the NBA, which I've mentioned before, but like he had with their jerseys. Like that, their city series is, the NHL gets this garbage out there. Yeah. And, and the hockey sweater is so iconic and like, the unveiling of the third jersey we've been seeing lately and like the Boston anniversary jersey. Like there's been so many good jerseys slash sweaters that have been coming out. And then we get like, um, like rainbow bright, almost, uh, uniforms <laughs> out there. I mean, how, how many times have we said, Oh, this would have been the perfect day for the NHL to put some games on. And they just don't because like the NBA or the NFL or baseball, it's not on. We're like, this is such a missed opportunity for the NHL. They've yeah. done it so many times. They're not, they're, they're the most, the, the biggest marketing morons I've ever seen. They have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. So folks, I don't, for those of you that are viewing, if you, if you can, if you're on YouTube and you're looking, if you can see our screen right now, there they are. You know I what mean, they look is, like? They look like is, the they look like the Teletubbies. <laughs> I was thinking Teletubbies or Care Bears. The Mighty Morphin oh, Power man. Rangers go to the NHL. I mean, it's just like it's the just Care so Bears. Weird. I like the Care Bears better. Just, I, I mean, look at these things. I mean, this is just like it's a bad practice jersey. It's like, uh, I mean, what do these things cost? You know, I mean, what are you selling them for ten bucks? I mean, this is just ninety nine. Oh man. To have a game in Toronto, and that's what teams are wearing. Ugh, well, shame on you, the NHL. That's a uh, collaboration with fashion brand creates the perfect complement to the young NHL talent. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing because I think people's eyes hurt. And, um, you know, that, that was just a mean thing to do is to share the screen and make people see those if they haven't seen those. So sorry, folks, uh, but the NHL All-Star jerseys are uh, foul. So, well, anyway, that's all we got. Any shout-outs tonight, guys? you have any uh, any last thoughts, things to watch out for? You want to give shout-outs to any friends, family, hockey players, anything fun? Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Ring 
Very happy to be here. Very. <laughs> Merry we'll, New Year. Merry New Year. Well, we'll be back. We'll be back probably next week with uh, some more thoughts. And hey, you never know what's going on in Blackhawk world. Things can change on a dime. Maybe there Mrazic might sign. Hopefully there won't be another injury to speak of now that some of the guys are coming back. And uh, maybe some more updates and some more fun. Maybe they'll sign 10 free agents next week. Ooh, what fun. Yeah. 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 There you go. Well, enjoy uh, the rest of the week. Happy hump day. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. On behalf of the Bardo, Sean Fitzgerald, Eric Andrews, I'm Andy Campbell. From the rink, signing off. We will see you all soon. Go hack.